morning habitation of peace and viewers around the world. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the precious name of Jesus. We thank God for his protection over our lives and particularly in this time, I thank God for the grace of God and for what God is doing in your life. This morning, I want to share the word of God with you and I want you to bow down your head as we pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We appreciate you. You are the Lord God on her. You are the mighty one in Israel. Thank you. You are the Lord of hosts. We appreciate you for your protection over the affairs of our lives. Thank you for provision. Thank you for protection. Thank you for your help. We give all the glory. And this morning as I come before your people, I ask Lord that your word will come in power. You will minister life to the people. Lord, take over my tongue and let your name be glorified. Jesus, I give you your place. Holy Spirit, take charge. Bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. This morning, I will be sharing the word of God with you, which I titled, Grace for Thriving in Tough Times. Grace for Thriving in Tough Times. Tough times are difficult times. Tough times are times of adversity. Tough times are times of crisis. And tough times are times of famine. And in this season that we are in, there are many health challenges, economic crisis all over the place. How do we thrive? in tough times. Two weeks ago I was sharing with you grace for thriving in the valley. This is the part two of that message and I'm trusting God that as you listen attentively the Lord will minister to you at the point of your need in the precious name of Jesus. This is a time when people have lost their jobs. This is a time when people are suffering from bereavement of their loved ones. Maybe you are suffering from some immigration issues in your business or career. But hear ye the word of the Lord. You will thrive. You will not just survive. You will thrive inside of it in Jesus' name. Tough times are tough times. And I'm trusting God that as this work comes to you, it will bless you in the name of Jesus. Can I give you one good news? Tough times don't last. Tough times don't last. Robert Shula said, tough times never last, but tough people do. And it is the grace of God that pull us through every tough time that we may be facing in the affairs of life. A tough time, you know, it has expiry date. It will not be forever. I don't know what situation you are passing through. I don't know how you are going through what you are going through. But hear ye the word of the Lord. Tough times don't last. Only tough people do. And we do serve a God of all seasons. God of all seasons. That is who we serve. When the season of life is changing, God is still God. Hallelujah. God is still God. And God's ability to bless me goes beyond the economic buoyancy of a nation. 
if God blesses me only when the economy is buoyant, that God is not God. But God blesses you more so that it can be said of him that he is the God of Israel. The God Almighty will bless you even in the times of famine, even in the times of crisis, the Lord will show up for you in the name of Jesus. We serve a God of all season. The economy of our nation notwithstanding. In fact, the grosser the darkness we understand, the brighter the light. So God is happy, God is excited to showcase his people in the midst of any crisis at all. Look at this scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. New Living Translation. It says, enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard time comes or strike, realize that both came from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. Now what that scripture is telling me is that both prosperity and hard times, they coexist. They go together because they both came from God. But here is the, here is the thing. Inside the darkness is light. And that's what we saw in Genesis chapter 1. That in the midst of light, in the midst of darkness, light came forth. They both come together. So it, it, it's not a strange thing. Therefore, inside this adversity, there are opportunities. But I am coming to you life. And I'm bearing the heart of God towards you. That this year, this season, this month, this week, things will work out for you. In the precious name of Jesus. Can I tell you this, God's people, that there is no COVID-19 in heaven. There is no crisis in heaven. There is no pandemic in heaven. And I think you know that there's no coronavirus in heaven. No. There's no economic recession in heaven. There is no economic depression in heaven. There is no economic and health crisis. In heaven. And why am I saying this? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 tells us, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you are lifted above what goes on here. You are you are you, you are not part of this of this system. We are made to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Where there is no crisis, where there is no economic depression, where there is no form of health crisis, that is where we are seated. So the Bible says in First John chapter four, verse five, is that they are of the world. Talking about the worldly people, they are of the world. That is why they speak from the world's perspective. I'm going to emphasize that, and the world listen to them. Worldly people speak from the worldly perspective and the world listen to them. I can extrapolate that and say that godly people, heavenly burned people, they speak from the heavenly perspective and the heavens listen to them. It means that you have a different language in times of famine. In times of prosperity, you have, I have, a different language. The world has a language they speak. The language they speak is that times are hard. The time they speak is things are going down. 
but for heavenly people, for people of the kingdom, we speak the things, the language of heaven. The Bible says, when men are cast down, thou shalt say there is lifting up. When men are cast down, you will say there is lifting up. When people say things are bad, things are terribly bad, your language will be, it is well. So we don't speak as they speak. Because we are not of this world, our language is a heavenly language. The way they speak things as they see, we speak things as they should be. And when we speak things as they should be, things begin to rearrange themselves in our favor. Therefore, hear me now this morning. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the language of heaven is the language of faith. Therefore, I speak into your life this morning by the power of God of heaven that anything that needed to be rearranged, as you begin to speak concerning them, they begin to rearrange themselves in your favor in the mighty name of Jesus. People are anxious right now. People are worried. What's going to happen after this coronavirus? What is the what, what will happen after this COVID-19 era? People are anxious. How will business look like? How will church gathering be like? Don't worry. God is in charge. The Lord God of heaven said, so don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. The Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 31, John 3 verse 31, the one who comes from above is above all. And I think you know, you come from above. You don't come from here. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and therefore speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from above, from heaven, is above all. So we don't belong here. That is why none of this crisis will find the expression in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. How things will happen? It is the word of our mouth that will get things sorted out. Somebody defined grace. He said grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is equal to God, God's riches at Christ's expense. Therefore, the grace to thrive in times of adversity is the divine power, is the supernatural enablement upon a man that makes him thrive in hard places. That is grace. So, when do I need grace in the midst of crisis? When do I need, I don't need light except I'm in darkness. But when this is the hour of grace. Why? Because this is the hour of the pandemic. But the word of the Lord is coming to your life that in the name that is above all name, whether there is an infirmity in your body, whether you are going through marital and relational issues, whether you are going through emotional trauma or financial difficulty, there is a grace of God coming upon your life for you to thrive in the midst of adversity in the precious name of Jesus. Therefore, I speak into somebody's life here. Lift up your hand wherever you are. I speak the word of God to you right now. I speak grace for uncommon testimony in your life this week and the rest of this year. Uncommon testimony. I say uncommon testimony. Receive in the name of Jesus. Grace that brings water out. Grace that brings water out of the rock. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Grace that brings water from dry places.
place his head. I will pour on him that is thirsty. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking to you right now. The grace, the grace that brings that, that brings patronage for a willing and a failing business. Maybe your business is failing. Receive grace for patronage right now. In the name of Jesus, I bring to you in the name of Jesus, and I speak over your life. Grace that brings income in unexpected places. Grace that brings income on your unexpected sources. Receive in the name of Jesus. That is your testimony. That is your testimony. In the name of Jesus, I'm coming to you this morning with the grace for thriving. Grace for thriving in tough times. I take my text right now from Isaiah 58, verse 11. Grace for thriving. Grace for thriving. In the midst of toughness and adversities and difficulties, which is the time that the world is in right now. Can you check that with me? Isaiah 58, verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. Mark that. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought. That is tough time. Drought is a season where there's no water, a season where there's no crop, no food. Right? It shall satisfy your soul. God will satisfy your soul. It will satisfy your soul in drought. It will make fat thy bone and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like the spring of water, whose water fail not, whose water fail not. Look at that scripture. Guidance, continual, continuous guidance, and therefore you, your, your, your soul will be satisfied in the times of toughness and adversities of life. God will make your bone fat. You know what that means? God will make you stronger. God will give unusual strength unto you. He will make you like a watered garden and also like a spring of water whose waters fail not. God will satisfy you. May God satisfy your family in the name of Jesus. I remember the story of Abraham and Hagar. Hagar that was the that, that was the handmaid of Sarah. After after Sarah said to her husband Abraham, he said, "Drive Hagar and the child each mile away from this house." And so Abraham got together a loaf of bread and a bottle of water and put it on the on the lads and sent them away. Oh my God! A journey of no return with a bottle of water and a loaf of, of bread and they wandered into the wilderness. Oh my goodness. Look at what happened. In no time, the water in the bottle got finished. The water in the bottle got finished. And Hagar was in a very frustrating, tough, adversity situation. He looked up and he looked everywhere. No water anymore. And this boy is about to die, according to her. He put the boy away somewhere. He, she went into another direction and sat down. He said, I will not see this boy die in my hand. And as she went to a corner, and she sat down there and she was weeping. 
and she was weeping. As she was weeping, we see this record in Genesis chapter 21. As she was weeping, the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, Why are you weeping? Why are you? He said, Lift now up the eyes. And then she saw a well of water, a well of water, where she was able to give to the Lord. And the, and the Lord, the boy, was resuscitated and came back to life. Look at that scripture. Genesis 21, verse 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. I speak against every wandering spirit in your marriage, against every wandering spirit concerning your destiny, in the name of Jesus. Hagar was in the wilderness and she was wandering away. Verse 20, we'll look at verse 16. And she wept, she wept, and sat under over against, against him a good way off, that is against the boy, as it were, a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And as she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. 20, verse 17. And God heard the voice of the Lord, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What elect thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the Lord where he is. This day, this morning, may the God of heaven hearken to the voice of your children in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That child knows what is happening in your house. That child knows what is going on in your marriage. That child knows what is going on in your, in your place of work. But may God Almighty, children, listen to this. May the God of heaven hear your voice concerning your home, concerning your family life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 19. And God opened her eyes. That's the eyes of Hagar. And she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad to drink. This is the tragedy. Abraham sent them out. Gave them only a bottle of water and a loaf of bread. Not for one day. Not for two, not for one week, forever. To see them no more. Abraham can only give you a bottle of water. All men can give you, listen to me, all that men can give you is a bottle of water. But God can give you a well. A bottle of water and a well of water. A well of water and a bottle. All that men can give you when you are looking up to man, all that man can give you is a bottle of water. But when you look up to God, He will give you a well. Hear ye the word of the Lord. I therefore speak right now that God will give you a well of water in the name of Jesus. All that man can give you is a loaf of bread. But God can give you a bakery. I say God can give you a bakery. I say God can give you a bakery. When we are women, stops. That is where God's ability begins. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Therefore, look up to God who can give you not just, not just, not just a bottle of water, 
who can give you a well of water. Look up to heaven. Who go to God? Who cannot just give you a loaf of bread? But that who is most sustainable, that can sustain you. But look up to God. Who can give you a bakery? God can give you a bakery. Can I hear somebody say Amen? Thank God for our government. There is the food bank there. The government is giving people two thousand dollars. People who lose their job for some reason or the other. That is God. But that can sustain you. You know you got that in in May. You got that in March maybe. But that cannot sustain you. But what God is going to give you is much bigger than the two thousand dollar. What God is about to give you is bigger. If you can make God your God, for the Lord I supply all my need according to His riches and glory. What God is out to give you is more, much more than a loaf of bread and a bottle of water. Human capacity is limited, but God's ability is unlimited. No man can meet your need as God would. Therefore, you don't lose anything by giving your life to Jesus. You don't lose anything by coming over to Jesus. You are only running after a bottle of water. You are only running after a loaf of bread. But God has a stock for you. A well of water. Can you lift up your hand where you are? I speak into your life this morning. That the Lord will give you a well of water. In the mighty name of Jesus. After this COVID-19 era. Instead of a loaf of bread, God will give you a bakery in the name of Jesus. Eh? After this coronavirus is over, God will give you a well of water in the name of Jesus. Thank you, awesome God. Thank you, awesome God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Listen to me, George. Listen to me. Money is good, but money is limited. Don't be driven by money. Be God-driven. Many pursue money at the expense of their soul. Money has a limit. People say money answered all things. Not all things. Not all things. It is only God in the money that answers things. It is only God. Do you know that money can buy you medication? Money can buy you your drug. But only God can give you sadness. Only God. Can give you something. Do you know money can buy you a house? Only God can give you a home. Only God can give you a home. So money does not answer everything. It is only in God that money answers all things. So you can buy a mansion and still not be able to see the side of it. You can buy a house, but only God can give you a home. Money can buy you a waterbed. A geriatric and orthopedic bed, but only God can give you a sweet sleep, a sound sleep. Only God, only God. I remember Jacob. Jacob was in the middle of nowhere when he ran away from home and he slept down. He slept down there on a bare floor using stones as pillow. And yet, God of heaven visited him and showed him the beauty of his future. He could still have slept on the on the white on the waterbed and still be molested and bullied and, and oppressed by the devil. When God is with you, no matter where you are, that place become better. That place become better. 
Look at the king, I said all in Esther chapter 6. The man, the king could not sleep. I guess that his bed is the bed of a water bed, very nice bed, but he could not sleep there. So a water bed does not guarantee a good sleep. So money can buy you bed, but it can't give you a good sleep. It can't give you a good sleep. Money can, can buy you food. But I've realized that money cannot give you appetite. It can't give you appetite. I remember when I was young, very tough boy, in a tough time, when I didn't want to go to farm, when I didn't want to do household shop, when I didn't want to go to school, I know what to do. You know what? I will pretend as if I was sick. I will pretend as if I was sick. And in a few minutes, or less than less than 10 minutes, I could develop temperature. And in those days, my parents would measure temperature, not with thermometer, with their hand. They put their hand on, on, on you. And once it, I mean, once it's hotter than their body temperature, they, 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 to them you are sick. And I wasn't sick at all. I wasn't sick. But I didn't want to do those what the assignment that they gave me. But when they gave me food to eat, oh my goodness, I will finish the food, I will ask for more. You know why? I wasn't sick. I wasn't sick. I will ask for more. I will ask for more. My sibling, they will say, ah, if somebody is sick, he shouldn't be able to eat as much as you are eating. We, we don't think you guys, we don't think you are sick. We don't, and my mother also began to think, ah, you say you are sick and you are finishing the plate. You are finishing the, are you really sick? But when I was actually sick, when they give me my best food, I would lose appetite. I wouldn't be able to eat. Now, it came to a point that the only way to know whether I'm sick or I'm pretending is to give me my best food. The point I'm making here is this. You can have money to buy food, but only God can give you appetite. Only God can give you appetite. I therefore want to speak it to somebody like this morning here. That those who look down on you in 2019, they will look up to you in the name of Jesus this year. Greater are the opportunities that are inside this adversity. Greater are the opportunities eh, that are inside these tough times. Eh. It is only the it is only the adversities. If it is only on this adversity you focus your attention, you will be swept away by it. Focus on God and what God is about to do. We are walking on waters at this time. The Lord will walk you through this. Eh. God will walk you through this eh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let me go quickly. How therefore do you survive or thrive in adversity? In tough times. How? I go back to the secret of our text. Isaiah 58 verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. So, the anchor of my scripture today, how to thrive in the middle of tough time is divine guidance. Tell your neighbor there, divine guidance. Now, not a one-time guidance, continuous guidance. That is what you need at this time. And I'm trusting God, according to the scripture here, the Lord shall guide thee in all that you do. God will guide this your family. 
God will guide you in your decision in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if you receive divine guidance, you won't take permanent decisions over temporary situations. You won't. Why? Divine guidance. Divine guidance. And that's what, that's what I want to talk about. That God, as we go out this week, beginning from this week, as we go into post-COVID-19 post, post -COVID era, you will receive divine guidance in all that you do in the name of Jesus. Look at the story of Elijah. Look at the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. After Elijah closed up the heaven, that it will not rain for three and a half years. And the Lord said to Elijah, you won't be part of this. Go down therefore to the brook Sheriff. I've commanded the ravens, the birds, to feed you there. There at the brook, you will drink water. Morning and night, birds were bringing food for Elijah. I decree over this crisis, eh, you won't be part of it. Eh. Your family won't be part of it. Eh. Your company, your organization shall not be part of it. In the name of Jesus. That's what the Lord said. He said, Elijah, come out of it. Go. It's probably the direction. And look at it in verse 3, in verse 3 and 4. Depart from here, First Kings 17, verse 3 and 4. Depart from here and turn eastward. Come and say that is direction. Turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook sheriff, which is in the east of the Jordan. What is specific direction? The God of heaven gives you specific direction in the name of Jesus. How do I thrive in this tough time? Divine guidance? Divine direction, look at that. Unto the Torah, verse 4, you shall drink from the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. I command your benefactor to come your way. God brings your benefactor towards you. May the God of heaven command you and your benefactor to jam together, to meet together in the name of Jesus Christ. And after some time, after some time, the brook dried up. And the Lord said unto Elijah, Arise, arise, leave where you are. Look at verse 9. Arise, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have, there's another commandment. I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Now, if Elijah was basking in the revelation and the guidance of verse 3 and 4 and the brook dried up, he would have missed a big opportunity. It was God who dried up the brook. Some of you are still sitting down by a dry brook. You are still sitting down by a dried brook. God is using every circumstances around you to show you it is time to move. Elijah will be frustrated. Now, God will have sustained him with the bakery, with the bread coming from heaven. God will have sustained him by not allowing the brook to dry up. But God saw a woman down the road that needed the help of God. And that was why God said, Elijah, this purpose is not about you. If your purpose is about you, that is selfish. That is not of God. The purpose for drying up the brook and making Elijah to go to Seraphim is to be able to help a widow woman there. I speak to your life. 
as God speaks to you, may you hear him. Your purpose is not about you. It is much more about God. And if you are the widow of Seraphat this, this time, and God has commanded you what to do, the grace and the ability to follow up with the commandment of God, receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. So what I'm saying here is that it's a continuous guidance. By the guidance of God, he came to the Brookshire. After some time, he now came to Seraphat. Some of you now, you are in the brook. Move on to your Seraphat. A window is waiting for you. A purpose is waiting for you down there. In the name of Jesus. Whatever God has spoken to you, receive the grace and the ability to follow it through in Jesus' name. Let me talk to you now. Divine guidance. In the wilderness, when God brought his people out of Egypt, the Bible says, He led them by pillar of fire by night and by pillar of cloud by the day. I want to share with you briefly how to thrive under divine guidance. You need the power to see. Because when they were going in the wilderness, the pillar of fire was their compass in the night. The pillar of cloud was their compass by the day. But they needed an eye to see the pillar of light or fire. That's why I've come to you now this morning. That how do you enjoy divine guidance? How do you follow through with divine guidance? Ability to see. The power of vision. Incidentally, this year is year 2020. And remember vision 2020. Sharp equity. In the name of Jesus. Your eyes will see well. In the name of Jesus Christ. Divine guidance. Power to see. Under divine guidance. Power to see. Look at scripture, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. Proverbs 20, verse 12, a message. Ears that hear and eyes that see, we get our basic equipment from God. The early ears and the seeing eyes, these are the basic equipment for divine guidance. You will hear, you will see in the name of Jesus. They are the basic tools for divine guidance. That's what God is saying. Therefore, I want to share with you the power of sight or the power of seeing beyond this COVID-19. Beyond, do we see beyond this COVID-19 in the name of Jesus Christ? You see, when God created man in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God molded man in the book of Genesis chapter 2, he molded a statue as it were. He put the eye, he put the hair, he put the nose, and the hand and everything. And God came through and breathed into a man through his nursery. And man became a living soul. This is why we say man is a trapatite being. What do I mean? Man is a spirit, the breath of God, that has a soul that lives inside that body. You have two senses for your sight. Two senses. The physical and natural eyes is this one. There is also the spiritual and the supernatural eyes. And supernatural eyes. These are the two. Now, the supernatural eyes was impacted into Adam when the Lord breathed into him. This morning, I speak over everyone who is listening to me now. I breathe the breath of God upon you to see in the name. 
In the name of Jesus. Natural eyes only can look. He can't see. Natural eyes, he can look. Listen, not every eye that looks see. Not every eye that looks see. No. No. Natural eye, with natural eye, man look. But with supernatural eyes, man see. I remember the story of Elijah, Elisha and Gehazi. When the Assyrian army came up against them in 2 Kings chapter 6, the Syrian army came against them. Oh my God! And Gehazi, a man with physical eyes and natural eyes, he saw a chariot of fire surrounding the city and their house. And the, 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 the Assyrian army were coming to come and arrest Elijah. Oh my God! And the boy was afraid. The boy was fearful. He ran and said, Master, we are done for. The enemies are here. And look at what Elijah was doing. He was relaxing in his bed chamber. He looked at the boy, unperturbed, undisturbed, and he said, Hmm, a boy with physical eyes. He said, God, can you open his eyes so that he can see that they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Don't tell me that the boy was blind. Because if the boy were blind, he would not have seen the Syrian army. His eyes were open. He could look, but he could not see. He could look. So, I see, open his eyes, and the boy's eyes were open. I now saw a chariot of fire around the house. Oh my God. I speak into your life this morning that you will not only look, you will see in the name of Jesus. Those whose natural eye are open, they only look. And those whose eyes, and those who have their spiritual eyes open, they see. Oswald Sanders said, Eyes that look are common. Eyes that see are rare. <laughs> there are many eyes out there that are looking. But few eyes can see. Few eyes can see. I want you to know there's a difference between looking and seeing. A man can have eyes and the eyes open. He may not see. A man can have ears and he still may not hear. But as for you, the Lord will give you hearing ears and the same eyes in the name of Jesus. Can I share this with you? There's a difference between looking at and looking into. Looking at and looking into. Many right now, as I'm speaking with you, many are looking at COVID-19 problem. And few are looking into the problem that COVID-19 has brought. The CNN, the Fox News, all the social media, they are looking at the COVID-19 problem. But you know what the scientists are doing? They are looking into the problem. They are looking into the problem. Those who look at see problem. But those who look into, they see solution. They see solution. But those who look into the problem of COVID-19, they can only see problem. They can only see fear. They can only see confusion and, pandem and pandemonium. But those who look into it, they bring out solution. 
I speak into your life. You will not just look at, you will look into. In the name of Jesus, I see the story of Mary and Peter and the other disciples in John, in John chapter, in John chapter 20, 20. Look at that. Let's read it. I love it. I love it. On the first day of the week, after Jesus resurrected, Mary was the first person to go to the tomb of Jesus. And then he got there. He saw that the stone has been rolled away. Out of excitement, he ran down to town. She ran down to town, called the disciples, and Peter and one other disciple came. And when they came to the to, to the burial ground of Jesus, they look, they look at the tomb. Yes, the stone was rolled away, and they look at it, and then they couldn't see nothing, and then they left. And they left. But the Bible says concerning Mary, look at John chapter 20, verse 10. I think 10 to 14, actually. Then the disciple went away again until their own home when they couldn't see nothing because they were looking at the tomb. They couldn't see anything. So they went to their home again. But Mary, look at it here. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. She looked into. That was something that Peter didn't do. That was something that the disciple didn't do. But Mary looked into the sepulchre and see what happened. And see two angels. Look at that. Those who look into, they see. Those who look at, they see problem. Those who look into, they see. They see God. Look at that. And see two angels. Now, those angels were there all along, but Peter couldn't see because they were looking at. Look at that. Two angels with a white sitting. Oh, sorry, a white, a white sitting. The one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus Christ had lain. And they, and they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord. And I know not where they have led him. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus. Look at that. And saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. You see, she looked into, she saw the angel, and further, further looking into, she saw Jesus. I live the spirit of looking it. You know the meaning of looking into? Looking into. Thorough examination. Look at a problem that is a solution in the problem. That is a solution in the pandemic. That is a solution in the crisis. As she looked into it, she saw the angel. And she saw Jesus that those who were looking at could not find at all. Go beyond looking at. Go into looking into. Number two. Number two component in the school of divine guidance. The power. Number one is the power of saying. Number two now is the power of pondering. Of pondering. To ponder is to think. To ponder is to meditate. To ponder is to is to is to think deeply, intentionally, conscientiously. The power of pondering. Psalm one nineteen. 
verse 59. I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow thy laws. Look at that. Those who ponder, they turn in the direction. My Father and my God, I receive the spirit of pondering that I may take the adequate necessary step. I pondered on my life. I pondered on the direction of my life. And I turn to follow thy ways. Ponder on the laws of God. Ponder on the scriptures. Do we get in that direction? On which way to go? On which way to go? Peter, in Acts chapter 10, you see what Peter did? She got a vision from heaven concerning Cornelius, but she didn't know it, it was Cornelius. She saw, she, she got the vision, and she saw in that vision, she saw a bull with four-footed animals, and then, and then God said, kill and eat. He said, no, no I cannot eat a four-footed animal. I mean, the man was, he was in the Pentecost. He forgot that it's in the New Testament. He was, he was looking at thou shall not eat this, thou shall not eat that. In Leviticus, but he forgot that this is the dispensation of the grace. And God said, kill and eat. He said, no, I no. three times it was coming. It was coming. And then when he woke up, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 19, look at it. Why Peter thought, that's pondering. Why Peter thought on the vision? The Spirit said unto him, the Spirit, why pondering? Why thinking? The Spirit said, you get direction in the place of thinking. When you think, it expands your mind. It expands your mind. Behold, three men seek thee. Why pondering direction came? I remember in the course of this past week, I was with a morning walk with my wife. And then we were walking. And then he had the dream over the night. She had a dream, very complex dream. And she was sharing with me and wanted to know if I could interpret that dream to her. And then we were walking and she was narrating the dream. As she was telling, oh my God, it was very complex. And then in the process of narrating the dream to me, in the process of explaining the dream to me, looking and seeking for interpretation from me, as she was doing that, boah! Direction came. He said, Pastor, I've got it. I got it. I got it. I said, What did you get? He said, I got the interpretation of the dream. In the process of sharing, in the process of sharing the dream, the answer came to her. Not even to me. He said, I got it. By the time she finished the dream and then interpreted the dream, my spirit needed to the meaning of that dream. In the place of pondering. In the place of pondering. Can I tell you? The Lord asked me to tell someone here now. This knockdown is for your benefit. God is locking you down physically but not mentally because God wants you to think about the issues of your life. And now you are getting grumpy because you are locked down. No! It is the time for thinking that God may give you the direction for your life. I ponder on the direction of my life and I turn to the law. I turn to the law. Number three. Number three, I'm wrapping up now. Number three, the power of information. Be careful because information you hear will determine how far you will go. 
the power of information. Never allow all the information and the news of this COVID-19 to enter into you. It can confuse you. It brings fear into you. That is why last month God was telling us that the month of April was the month of was the month of reset. Reset. Because a lot of garbage has been taken in. A lot of garbage. So never allow all the information and the news of COVID-19 to enter into you. Listen to this. A ship does not sink because it's resting upon waters. Ship sinks because water enters into the ship. Water enters into the ship. So don't be locked down. Don't be even locked up mentally and spiritually. This lockdown is only physical. Don't be locked down mentally and spiritually. Don't let or don't be a COVID-19 news carrier. Be a gospel carrier. Be a gospel carrier. Stop this analysis of COVID-19. Stop it. Stop it. Hey, see. We know how many people die in India. We know how many people die in China. And we know how many people die in Italy. Stop the analysis. It doesn't belong to you. Don't be a COVID-19 news carrier. Have you heard how many people die? No. That is not that is not your news. Your news is good news. Your news is good news. Be a good news carrier. Don't be an oracle of COVID-19. Be an oracle of good news. Be an oracle of good news. Don't let COVID-19 take the gospel away from you or from your mouth. Don't let COVID-19 take over your time, your energy, and your time. Stop magnifying this COVID, sir. Stop magnifying it. Because whatever you magnify, you also will multiply. Whatever you magnify, we multiply. Stop giving credit to this COVID of a day. When you magnify Satan, he enjoys it, he likes attention. Stop giving him all the attention that you are giving him. Do you know now? A little sneeze in here, a little cough there, a little temperature there. They give all the credit to COVID. But it doesn't have to be. There was sneezing before COVID came. There was, there was, there was temperature, high temperature. Before COVID came, everything should not die. The reason why COVID-19 is still persisting is because we are giving it too much of attention. Ignore it, but do what is needful. They are not telling us everything about this COVID. Emphasis is on the number of death. I think they need to tell us more about people that recover from it. About people that recover from it. Because the fear of death is what is killing people more. The fear of death. As long as we keep magnifying the COVID, it won't stop. It won't stop. Stop, stop all this attention. But do that which is needful. What you talk about, stick out. It stick around. Stop talking about it. Don't put all your energy on COVID. Put energy on your future. And the Lord bless you. In the name of Jesus. It is God that locked you down. And I think I'm, it's this prophetic here. It is God that locked you down so that you can talk those issues over with your spouse. It is God that locked you down so that you can have time with your children. It is God. It is God that locked you down so that you can have time to think about the issues of your life. The lockdown.
organ is only physical. It is no mental. It doesn't have to be. And it's not spiritual. It doesn't have to be. Before I close, let me share with you three things that hinders divine guidance. The power of sight in divine guidance, that's great. The power of information and the power of pondering. If you can dwell on this, take time out. God will guide you concerning every issue, particularly in this period and after. Isaac got out of the trouble of his days. When God says, stay back in there, I will bless you there. If he had gone down to Egypt, it would be a different story. The grace to obey God's direction and release over you in Jesus' name. Now, hindrances to divine guidance. Number one, weeping. 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 Every eye is covered by tears. Every eye covered by tears cannot see. Weeping prevents revelation. Weeping covers sight. You can't see. You can't see. Look at the story of Hagar and the angel that I told you about. The woman was sitting by the way as she was weeping. That was why she couldn't see that there was a well beside her. A man can be sitting beside the solution, but if the man is given to weeping, he won't be able to see the solution. Many are sitting right on solution right now, but they are weeping. And that's why they could not see. That's why they could not see. Crying and weeping will not help you. The Hagar was weeping and crying. Crying and weeping people can't see. They can't see revelation at all. Depressive people, they can't draw water out of the well of salvation. They can't draw water. Depressed people, depressive people, they can't draw water, revelation, from the well of salvation. It takes joy to do so. With joy, with joy, with joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. Cast off this garment, this morning garment of you. Cast it off. Cast it off. Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3. With joy, you will draw water. Direction will come. With joy. With joy. Don't sit weeping where your solution is close by. At a point in time in the life of David, in Siglak, in first in 1 Samuel chapter 30, Siglag was taken over. The enemy came and took their wild children and property away. And the armies of David, they wanted to stone him. They were weeping. The Bible said they wept and wept and wept. There was no more strength to weep anymore. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. And as soon as he did that, he called for Abiata. He said, call me Abiata, the priest. He said, give me the effort. And then he inquired from the Lord. Lord, what do I do with this situation? I want to speak to you now concerning the situation we are going through. Can you ask God? You have the Holy Spirit. Don't ask for effort. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Ask him, Lord, what do I do now? And David said, what do I do, Lord? He said, can I pursue this truth? If I pursue, will I overtake them? If I do so, will I recover? And the answer came, pursue. 
you will overtake and you will recover. When the wailing and the weeping was going on around him, he couldn't hear the voice of God. Weeping won't make you hear God. It won't make you hear God. So I pray over your life this morning that every weeping ceases in the name of Jesus. Don't forget, I said you are in heaven and you are in heavenly places. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain, no more pain, no more crying. Why the former tale have passed? I ask that every source of tear and weeping in your life dries up now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, stop weeping. Number two, number two hinders, number two hinders to divine guidance, fear, anxiety, and worry. Elisha and Gehazi, when Elisha, when Gehazi saw the chariot of, 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 of Assyrians, the animal, he was afraid, he was fearful, he was fearful, and therefore he couldn't see, he couldn't hear anything, he couldn't hear anything. You couldn't hear anything. Fear, fear will cause you, it will, it will block your ears, it will block your eyes. Fear, when Elijah was at peace, he that believeth shall not make haste. Be at peace, be at peace, be at peace. For the Lord will walk through you and in you in the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus, fear. Don't let fear, don't let worry take over you. Don't let worry take over you. I, I have this story in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 24. Exodus is talking about the children of Israel in Mara 15, 22 to 27. I read verse 22. And so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of shore, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mara, mark that, when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. They were bitter. Therefore, the name of it of, of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And they cried unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved that God tested them there. And they came to Eli from Mara bitterness to Eli. What is the meaning of Eli? Eli, where were 12 words? <laughs> I like this progressor. Don't forget with Hagar and Abraham, a bottle of water to a well of water. But here, from a well of water to 12 wells of water, not only that, look at that scripture, and three score and ten pantries, that is 70 pantries, and they encamped there by the waters. Oh my goodness, God! As many as are camping by Mara, hear ye the word of the Lord. Move out in the name of Jesus Christ. Move out 
Lord Jesus Christ. Move out. Move out. Look at their story. Look at their story. They got, after the Red Sea, they got to the wilderness for three days, no water. It's time for them to call upon the Lord or to move on on their journey. They began to complain bitterly. Why did you bring God us here? No water. No water to drink. And they found a water, a well of water. And unfortunately for them, it was bitter. They named that place Mara. And then God solved the problem. Out of their bitterness and all of that, God solved the problem. And then they continued their journey. Seven miles after, the journey between Mara and Eli was seven miles. Now they found 12 wells of water under the shade of 70 palm trees. What a beauty. What a beauty. From Mara to Elim. From bitterness to life to sweetness. From bitter life to better life. Seven miles in between. Instead for them to trust God and move on on their journey to get into their Elim. Complain focuses on the problem not on the solution. Don't get bitter in life. Don't get bitter. Don't encamp about bitterness. You know why people are bitter? People are bitter for various reasons. I give you three. Because of entitlement mentality. It doesn't greet me. Therefore, you are bitter. If it doesn't greet, why don't you greet me? If it doesn't greet, why don't you greet her? Why don't you greet her? Entitlement. Make people, make people bitter. How about all this of anger between husband and wife, between siblings, among the siblings? All this of anger and overexposure to news. I, I, I hardly watch news anymore. I don't want to be bitter at all. If you expose yourself to the news too much or to social media for too much, there is the tendency for you to be tested up and get bitter. Those who are bitter in life, they cannot be better in life. They cannot be better. Mara is not your destination. Elim is waiting for you. There is a better day ahead of you. I said there is a better day ahead of you. Move on to your Elim. Move on to your Elim. The Elim is waiting for you. Don't sit down at Mara. There is a better, better future ahead of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Here is my submission. Stop worrying on what God is working on. Stop worrying on what God is working on. The children of Israel didn't know that God had just finished digging 12 wells seven miles away. But here they wanted to die at Mara. They were complaining at Mara. Meanwhile, 12 wells were waiting for them. God is working out something in this situation. God is working out something in your life. Right? You may not see it. I may not see it. I may not feel it. But God is working. And all things work together for my good, for your good. God will make the circumstances around you to work for your good. Stop worrying about what God is working on. Stop worrying. Stop worrying about what God is working on. And if God is working on it, it will come out sweet. You will soon get to your ending in the name of Jesus. And let me close 
at this point. What God or what good has God created inside this pandemic? Many problems and challenges have been created, and those problems will definitely live with us. Mark me here. They will live with us after the coronavirus has gone. They will live with us. They will be here with us. Therefore, go on exploration. Take a stroll out. Go on the street to see what the problems are. To see what the problems are. Right now, I understand. When you get to Naniakli, it's going to be mandatory that you have to wear a mask. Go help you if you are not on a long flight. I can't imagine myself with a mask for 13 hours flight. It's, coming, it's becoming a regulation. Some countries are legislating now that mask is mandatory. And you know there are close to 7 billion people around the world. That is saying there will be 7 million masks per time. And these are consumables. What am I saying here? That is a problem right there. You can be an exporter and an importer of masks. You can be. It's not just, it's, it's, it's not like the oxygen mask in the airplane that drops down after the, the pressurization. No. This one, I mean, that one you use and then you can take back there. It's reused. But this one, for how many days will you use mask? You can, you can begin to manufacture mask because it, be, it has come here to stay. And what, what, what a good sign to see everybody. <laughs> to see everybody a mask. There will be many mental issues after this COVID-19. You might want to go into mental, mental issue, issues now that, that will resolve that problem. In Italy now, they have that problem. They have the mental issues on the rise. And after this, there will be many. So that is an area to go into. There's an area to go into. May you be a solution. May God make you a solution to one of these problems in the name of Jesus. So go out, begin to ponder. There is, there is, there is an opportunity in the adversity, but you must be able to think it through with divine guidance and get hold of it. That is the grace to thrive in tough times. Can I say this to you? Every societal problem is a potential business. Every societal problem is a potential business. When you take hold of that problem and you solve it, <laughs> you have a business in your hand. You have a business in your hand. If you can see the problem, you can see the solution. If you can find the solution, oh my goodness. If you can find the solution, you will command global patronage. Hallelujah. If you can see the problem, you can see the solution. If you can see the solution, definitely you can provide the solution. If you can provide the solution, you will enjoy global patronage. Your greatness, therefore, and your prosperity is a function of your global impact and global patronage. When you look, 
you will only attract problems. But when you see, you will attract solutions. Put a demand on your spiritual eyes to see the solution that is out there. May you not take divine secret for mere stories. That is one of the prophecies over our life this year. May you not take divine secret for mere stories in the name of Jesus. And when you begin to make that global impact, you will eat with the high and the mighty in the society. That is one of the prophetic declarations for this year. Stop dreaming about your size. Stop dream. Stop dreaming about your size. Start dreaming above your size. Stop dreaming about your size. Stop putting God in a box. Don't you believe what God has said concerning you this year? Don't you believe that God is still able to make them come true? Maybe one of your visions this year that the Lord will help you to pay your credit card. You want to pay them up. Maybe one of your visions this year is that you will live heavy again. Maybe it is one of your visions this year that you want to buy your house. Do you still believe that? Or you want to get a better job? Listen to this. This is but a light thing in the hand of God. This is but a light thing in the sight of God. The credit card will be paid off. You will still buy your house. You will still get a better job. You will still live heavy in the name of Jesus. For this is but a light thing in the hand of God. Stop asking God to give you an employment when God wants to make you an employer of labor. Stop. Stop asking God for an apartment when God wanted to give you a house. When God wants to give you a house, Asking for a job, for God wants to give you a work, a work. And I think you know there's a difference between job and work. Your job is your calling. Your job is your gift. You can be fired from your work, but you can be fired from your job. Stop asking God for a job, for God wants to give you a work. Stop asking God for a bottle of water. God wants to give you 12 wells of water. Hallelujah. Hear the story of a young boy who went to a fish pond and he was fishing. And as he was fishing, he, there were times he caught big fishes and then he would throw them back to the, to, the, to the water. But when he caught small fishes, he would be excited. He would keep those ones. When he see big fishes, he would throw it back. And there was an old man who was looking, who was looking, watching the same. He said, ah, is this boy mad? Can't he understand? Why is he throwing away the big fishes? When the man couldn't tolerate it anymore, he went to the boy. He said, but what are you doing? You are catching big fishes and you are throwing them back to the ocean. He said, what is the problem, boy? You know what the boy said? He said, my frying pan is only several inches. Those fishes cannot be accommodated in my frying pan. It's your story like that. God is bringing great ideas into your heart. But you think you don't have the capacity to absorb them? And now you are detesting them? Don't be like that boy. Some are living on what they should have thrown away now. And many are throwing away what they should be living on. Many are throwing away what they should have been living on. 
It's a matter of mindset. It's a mindset problem. The boy was told they were big fishes. I pray you won't take this message for nothing in the name of Jesus. I close you with this. Not every good thing. This is my warning here. Not every good thing is a God thing. Not every good thing is a God thing. It may be good and not be godly. It may be good and not be godly. There are many good things that are not godly. In Joshua chapter 7 verse 21, we were told that Achan took a goodly Babylonian garment. It looked good, but it's cost. He coveted the Babylonian garment. It looks good, but he took them. Not knowing that they were caused. Even God told them that they were caused. But apparently they look good. But that caused the downfall of the armies of Joshua. That caused the downfall. So it may be good. It may look good. But that doesn't make it godly. In John chapter 12, verses 3 to 6, we understand the story of Mary. Mary, Mary and Jesus, he took a very expensive oil broke it and poured it on Jesus. She was using her hair to rub it on Jesus. And here is someone here, Judas Iscariot, who said, what? We can sell this oil and get some proceeds there so that we can give the money to buy things for the poor. What a good idea. But Jesus Christ said, you have the poor always with you. Although your idea looks good, but it's not godly. He said, this woman, what she's doing, it shall be spoken of in her memorial. The idea is good, but it's not God's idea. So be careful in going through with divine guidance. Not all that glitters is good. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You can't use your tithe for welfare. You can't use your tithe for welfare, for welfare. It exists the law, it belongs to God. If God wants to use it for where I let him use it. Don't say, okay, I will take my tithe and I will go and no 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 you don't do that. You can do that. You can do that. Here's, here, here's the point here. A good message does not make it a God message. Mark that. A good man is not necessarily a God man. A good man is not necessarily a godly man. A good woman is not necessarily a godly woman. A good woman does not necessarily make a good wife or a godly wife. No, a good door does not mean it's God's door. A good opportunity does not necessarily mean God's opportunity. Not every open door is God's door. So be careful. As you lean on God, you will hear God clearly. In the mighty name of Jesus. Close your eyes now as we pray. Revelation chapter 3 verse 18. You will pray that prayer. Oh Lord, anoint my eyes. Oh Lord, anoint my eyes that I may see. That is what Revelation chapter 3 verse 18 is saying. You need anointing on your eyes to see. Jesus healed a blind man the first time. He said he put mud on his hand. He said, Go and watch in the pool of silver. 
And then he came back. He said, Are you seeing now? He said, Well, I am seeing men as trees. He said, No, you need a second touch. That is the anointing. He touched him. He said, Now I can see men as men. As many of you out there as are seeing men as trees. Your eyes are blowing. I release the anointing of God through this video to reach out to you that you may see. You need anointing to be able to see. You need anointing to be able to hear. I bring God's grace to bear over you, over you, over this airway. For your eyes to see, for your ears to hear. Because these are the basic equipment for divine guidance. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The fact that it's good doesn't make godly. You will not take permanent decisions on the temporary situation in the name of Jesus. Many years ago, Peter wanted to go, wanted to go to some missionary work. He wanted to go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit forbade him to go and preach in Asia was good. It was a good idea. But the Holy Ghost forbade them not to go. That fact that is good doesn't make it God. Masakata As many as are in adventure, as many as are pursuing a good idea, but not only idea, may you drop it off now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Almighty God. May you not waste this season. May you not waste this season. May you not waste this season. May this season not be wasted in your life in the name of Jesus. Do you know now? They are beginning to open up the system. Now, in a couple of weeks, now, things will return. But it is what you gather at this time that you can run with. Write it down. Write it down. So that. You can run with it when the physical lockdown is over. May you not be mentally locked down. May you not be spiritually locked down in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands to heaven and bless God. Grace for trying in tough times. Tough times don't last. Only tough people do. The grace to not only survive, the grace to thrive in this season, I release upon you. Beyond this season, in the name of Jesus, receive uncommon miracle this week. Receive uncommon grace this week, in the name of Jesus. Every closed door against you, divine doors close against you. I see them open to you this week, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God, in Jesus. Mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.